Hello, this is William. This is Nathan. Welcome to The Mind. Tonight we're going to talk about ghosts, spirits, possessions, things of that nature. Hauntings. Yeah, hauntings. I mean, just supernatural stuff, really. Uh, how do you feel about ghosts? Uh, I am, uh, I can, when it comes to this kind of stuff, I consider myself to be a true skeptic, true skeptic, excuse me, um, in that uh, a lot of people call themselves uh, skeptics, but are actually kind of cynical, uh, where really a true skeptic just wants more information, more evidence to be presented. Some people, I think, are more cynical and consider themselves to be skeptics. I'm a true skeptic in that I neither believe nor disbelieve. Um, I've heard enough stories throughout my life to think that there's something to this. Uh, I personally don't have any direct uh, first-person experiences with supernatural things other than your standard bumps in the night, the feeling of being followed, you know, things that many, many, many people have experienced that may or may not actually be something legitimate or it could just be our own minds playing tricks on us. But I, I'm wise enough to say I truly don't know. You know, I, I feel the same way. Uh, I don't like the word uh, skeptic, but, you know, I mean, I want honest proof. Yeah. You know, I've seen countless videos, countless, you know, ghost hunter shows. Right. You know, some of those things <clears throat> are, are, you know, it does make you wonder. But, you yeah. know, I mean, I want to see these things firsthand. Right. And I want proof. I want fact, you know. Well, behind I, it, I think you know? the thing about those shows that maybe does a really good job of selling their ideas is that every single bump or whatever is instantly presented as we have genuine spiritual activity in this house, this building or whatever. When a lot of these things, not all of them, but a lot of these things can be genuinely explained away by naturally occurring phenomenon. Yes. You know, yes. You know, we, uh, we were talking about uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, just privately where, you know, 50% of all of these stories when it comes to this kind of stuff and even aliens and other things like that, which we can talk about later, but um, 50% of all stories here are probably just 100% uh, naturally occurring phenomenon and then another 30 to 40 percent is probably you know there's probably something to it um that may be highly unusual or highly out of the ordinary but ultimately i think you can still probably find some kind of an explanation for it but then there's that last 10 percent um maybe even five percent maybe it's 15 percent. i don't know I'm, I'm not a statistician but um the last percentage, that's where I think these real stories sit. I think that's where the real experiences are. That's where the real uh, encounters are. And I think that those uh, need to be investigated as well. And those are the ones I think that you probably won't have as easy of a time um, explaining with logic or reason. I think those are the ones that, you know, something bubbled up from the surface and you happen to be around for it. Yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, um, a lot of this stuff out there is, is very, you know, people just talk and making up stories or, or what they believe that right. they saw or heard. Well, you and, know, yeah, I'm not saying everything is, but, you know, there's that small percentage that could possibly be real. Right. You know, um, you know, I lean towards like if a person is connected to a certain place, deeply connected. Yeah. You know, part of them <clears throat> stays in that place, whether yeah. they're evil or whatever. I mean, who knows? But right. still, you know, part of them stays in that place. Yeah. And, you know, like take, for example, uh, Woodruff Place. It's an old Victorian neighborhood with, with 
old houses, fountains yeah. and stuff. And uh, one time back in the 20s, uh, here in Indianapolis, uh, it was a gated community. And uh, the I, I, I lived there once and I had, had an experience, you know, was in the house alone, which I knew I was alone, and I felt somebody whisper in my ear because I felt the breath. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it really scared me. I mean, it gave me chills, you know. And did, were you able to distinguish what the whispering voice said to you? No, or no. Or was it simply just the sound of whispering? Just the sound of whispering, but I okay. felt I felt like a air on my ear. Yeah. And, you know, there was no vents around, you know, the right. stairs, no fans blowing, nothing like that. So, you know, I mean. I, I I always wonder what exactly was that? What what right. happened? You know, it could have been, you know, a, a draft. But if it was a draft, I think I would have felt it more than just in my ear. You know, I would have felt it on my face. Right. You know, but I mean, who really knows? Exactly. You know, so, yeah. And uh, it, it very well uh, could be something, you know. Yeah. I think if you were able to, uh, I don't know, do some meditation or just recall some memories from that period of your life when you were there, you might be able to come up with some more information about, you know, your possible state of mind or your emotional state at the time, you know, cause those things, um, affect people more than they realize whether consciously or unconsciously. And I think that's where a lot of these stories come. I think that's, like I said, that the 30% or so that may be highly unusual or highly out of the ordinary. Um, we create, a lot of the energy that's around us without even realizing. And I sometimes think we get a little bit of feedback from the energy we've created. And sometimes we can think or feel that something, you know, uh, may have encountered us or we encountered when in reality, it was just something we put out into, um, into our environment, because I do believe, uh, in electromagnetic fields, you know, those are documented. Every human body has an electromagnetic field that every living organism on the planet actually generates a low level electromagnetic field. And some are stronger than others. Some are stronger than yeah. others. Some yeah. people have, it seems, found a way to tap into their electromagnetic field and be more aware or able to pick up on things. This is a lot of times where we get, you know, the idea of ESP, which is, of course, extrasensory perception, which a lot of people uh, swear by. Uh, and I don't necessarily discount. Um, but a lot of those people, man. Are, are, are frauds. Well, yeah, you know? of course. You, you find frauds in every vein of life. And, of course, the supernatural, because it is so inherently hard to prove or disprove, is just a ripe territory uh, for frauds and charlatans and snake oil salesmen and people that charge and you yeah, see charge, ads in the back yeah, of magazines. And it, it gets yeah. very, very tacky yeah. and very uh, people doing it for the wrong reasons. And, you know, there are a lot of people that have called psychics or seers or tea readers or palmists or whatever thinking that they were going to get we, we all want the answers to our lives we all want to be told how things are going to go we all want to know hey is there something i can do to make my life wonderfully awesome at some point and i think there's plenty of people out there for the people who are going up gullible enough to believe i think that there's plenty of people out there who are willing to provide you that answer whether real or not for a fee yeah yeah you know i read my horoscope every day and you know I, I read. So do I. I read my you, horoscope quite often. Yeah, you know, I and I also read. You know, of course, it's on the internet, but you know, I read uh, tarot cards. Yeah. You know, of course, it doesn't. I don't believe that. You know, oh, this is how it's going to be. It just gives me a general idea of what might be going on. Right. You know, and sometimes <clears throat> the horoscope and sometimes the tarot cards are right on it. 
Yeah. And but that, that's every, amazing. every printed horoscope uh, in a newspaper or even a book, it will be largely in the educational slash entertainment section. Yes, you know? yes. And they will even say, like the one that's Nuvo, it says this article or this column is for educational and entertainment. Exactly. It's for yeah, entertainment yeah. purposes only. Yeah. Meaning that even the people that they're not trying to mislead anybody into thinking that, hey, we're providing you 100% the answer that you're looking for. Even tarot cards, it's a game. I mean, it, you'll find it in game stores. Now, you can also yeah. find it in healing stores and Wicca-specific centralized stores. And, you know, a lot of stores that sell stones or different things like that will also sell it because people have found that it helps them. But the original manufacturers of tarot cards, as I understand it, they manufactured it as a game just like, you know, Ouija or Monopoly or anything else. It was meant to be for entertainment purposes. And people have found that there's something to it. And, you know, good for them, but just, I would, it's just a caution that you should be careful about what you put your faith and your trust in. Yes, you know? yes. You know, as I said, I don't put, like, complete faith in these cards or, or in my horoscope. It just gives me a general idea of, yeah, of course. what's going on. You know, and also, kind of like, you know, I'll read dream dictionaries, too, yeah. just to dissect my dreams for, for what they might mean. <clears throat> Those books give me an idea of, of what my dreams might mean, of I don't put 100% faith on, on what I read. Well, I, I think there's you know? something to dreams, though. Cultures all over the world for thousands of years have interpreted dreams. Yes. Um, you yes. see, and you, well, here's the thing. You see evidence of that in the holy books of all the major religions of the world. There are stories in the Bible. There are stories in the Torah. There are stories in the Quran. Uh, there are stories in Buddhist texts and Hindu texts that, you know, dreams and important individuals who had dreams about important events either occurring on a personal level or a uh you know widespread level that has been people put stock in that for thousands of years and i don't i don't necessarily discount that oh by no means but but you know it this day and age it, it seems to get muddy you know and, and, and just a lot of of fake people out there yeah. that's what that's what bothers me people ripping people off you know because a lot like you said a lot of these seers and stuff have no idea right you know but like, these see these charlatans and these fakers and these these you know snake oil salesmen they wouldn't be able to do what they do if there wasn't a something to base if, it if, on well not yeah. only that but if there wasn't a pre-existing market of people who are willing to buy into it they right. wouldn't be able right. to do this if there weren't people out there that were willing to give them their money right you know? uh, I, I can't remember her name but she was a psychic on tv miss cleo yeah possibly. yeah, yeah <laughs> the jamaican exactly. lady yes she was and prosecuted for false advertisement that's exactly uh, what misrepresentation I mean. yeah, yeah because the, you know she told these families who had lost her their daughter that you know she'd passed on and you know she was trying to talk to them when when you know the daughter was found alive yeah you know so yeah a lot of these people man just just it really bugs me that that they would do this to right. to, to people <clears throat> people wanting closure. You know, they're they're cashing in, trying to cash in on their pain. And that's, but and that's well, it also equally bugs me that there's people out there that are willing to sell their soul for any inkling, any anyone who's out there who's willing to promise any idea about their life. These people are willing to just buy it hook line and sinker and you have to it's just like any other product at some point you have to do your own research and i think it comes a lot down to your intentions if your intentions are to have something that's merely a guide 
and just kind of a basic framework and you know what you're getting into and you know how far you're willing to go, that's one thing. You know, I think that's being reasonable and responsible and there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's the people who are willing to jump off the cliff when somebody tells them to yes. without yes. any research or any thought about it whatsoever. Yeah. It's, Those, like, it's like the people, uh, Jim Jones, you know, he convinced all them people to, to, to drink. Yeah, poison, and Jim you know? Jones was a bastard, but the Jones wouldn't have been able to do what he was. If these little, people if these weren't. People weren't I hate to say it, gullible sheep. Exactly. These people were looking yeah. for a yeah. messiah yeah. to basically tell them how they should live because exactly. the, the idea of exactly. living on their own and using their own mind was intolerable. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, each individual needs to do their research. Absolutely. You know, and, and make sure that if you're getting into something like that, it's something that you know about and, yeah, you absolutely. Know, and understand. And that goes with anything. You know, I think yeah. it's important in everything that we do in any vestige of life i think it's important to examine our intentions about why we're doing the thing right um right to do it without any thought or any you know without any thought is just to be guided by those who would seek to do you harm or or at very least just meet their own selfish ends right and there's plenty of people on the road of life who are willing to do that if you let them yes and it's up to the individual to to decide yeah you know who they work with who they deal with absolutely and, and you have to know for sure don't be gullible, you know. Yeah, there's there's a lot to be said about that wisdom of not being gullible. Yeah. Um, but we were talking uh, about ghosts yeah, and yeah. spirits. I didn't mean to get too far off. No, no, yeah. no. We're good. Um, yeah. So you, I, I, like I said, I haven't had any uh, a direct encounters. I will say that there was a period in my life, and this is about the closest to direct encounter I've ever had. Um, I don't know if you're ever, you've ever heard of the concept of shadow men or not, or if you're familiar with that or not. Vaguely, vaguely. So basically the idea of shadow men is just that uh, unseen to most eyes mo- in most scenarios in our daily life, um, there are shadowy figures that lurk around the edges of vision and the edges of perception. Yeah, in the corner of your eye. Corner of your eye, the corner of your mind, the corner of your thoughts. You know, just barely perceptible, but you've got to be paying attention. There was a period in my life where my insomnia was at the worst it had ever been. And I I admit that the factor here could be the insomnia. Yes. Uh, It could be just my mind was utterly exhausted and fatigued. Um, But at the same time, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, there was a period about six months to a year when I was getting about two hours of sleep a night, uh, alternating. Some nights I'd get four or five, but most of the time I was getting three or less. And regularly, out of the corner of my eyes, um, I'd, I'd sit there and calm myself down and really focus. But I could see uh, indistinct shadowy figures moving at the absolute, you know, of course, when you turn to look, it's like the, the speck in your eye, you won't see it. But right. out of the corner of my eye, every once in a while, I'd see these shadowy figures that would cross a room or cross, uh, across, you know, a hallway or something like that. And, um, it was vaguely unnerving and it was vaguely unsettling. Um, I never felt like I had any more direct contact with these supposed figures than that. But I'm also not the only one that's claimed to have seen them. There are other people, uh, countless stories. You can go online and check check them out to your heart's content. But the idea of Shadow Man being that, like the Slender Man, or um, just supposed to be vague spirits of malcontent and 
harbingers of doom you know people have claimed to have seen them directly and then inevitably the story goes the person was later found dead under mysterious and dubious circumstances nothing like that ever even came close to happening to me um and like i said it could be that i was utterly fatigued and completely exhausted or it could be that my mind entered a new state of perception and consciousness that i could only access when i was that tired and yeah, that's exactly what what I was going to say. You know, maybe your mind was working on a different level. Yeah, and it's entirely yes, possible, and yes. I won't discount it. Yeah. I just, I that's the only. Of course, I've had your standard experiences of walking alone in my parents' old neighborhood at night and feeling like someone's behind me. The vague feeling when I'm in my house alone and all the lights are off that if I turn the light off, I might see a figure stand. You know, those are just vague feelings. I don't put that much stock in them until I see some sort of legit evidence that there is something there interacting with me. I think it's just my mind playing tricks on me, but who knows where the line is between the mind playing tricks and the mind picking up on something. And that's Nobody the, really that's knows. the really hard yeah. thing to pinpoint. Yeah. yeah. Ascertain. Exactly. You know, uh, like, like exorcism, you know, people that are possessed. You yeah. Know, uh, I lean t more towards people being in convulsive state. Yeah. You know, and it's entirely yeah, possible, but yeah, for every person that could probably be explained as just having a seizure or something like that, there are plenty of stories, documented stories, on camera or audio recordings, people during these states speaking in languages that this person had no knowledge of. Yeah, the, that that goes back to the ten or fifteen percent that could right, yeah, like be there, real. There are yeah. stories of people in Europe speaking languages that haven't been spoken in Europe in five hundred years. There are stories of people here in the United States suddenly speaking Latin. Latin hasn't yes. been spoken yes. in two thousand years, right. almost, you know, right. or maybe fifteen hundred years. Right, and, and some of these people only know their their standard language. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, there is a a high number of stories, especially with a lot of Catholic exorcisms, where the person being exercised in moments of extreme stress and, you know, kind of pushing the tolerances of, of uh, physical breaking points and things like that, where they are able to reveal things about people that are in the room that the person revealing them could have had no knowledge of. Right. There's information right. that was not shared with anyone, and this person will begin to detail this person's life or bring up dark secrets this person's always been hiding and there's you know it's possible it's entirely possible these things are staged but like aliens or like any other story there's enough of these stories that at some point i'm forced to conclude there's something to them to a, to some of them yeah yes right yeah uh, not every story is yeah. uh you know most stories are a wild goose chase or can be explained but then right. there are the ones that are like just can't be explained right. at all. Well, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was famous for saying, you know, both as a person and finding a way to work it into the Sherlock Holmes, book, Sherlock Holmes books, he would say, when all logical conclusions have been eliminated, the only possible explanation left is the illogical conclusion. Yes. You know, yes. Sherlock Holmes as a yes. character was famous for saying that. Yeah. You know, there's the possibility of ghost spirits, yeah. people being possessed. There is a possibility. <clears throat> but, but, what has, you know, watered down those possibilities is all these fake accounts, fake right. stories, fake videos. Well, and you know, because not every video that you see on YouTube, TV, whatever, is fake. You know, right. like the majority of them are. Or staged, staged. Yeah, or, yeah. or misrepresented. It could be yeah. there's a nugget of truth to it, but 
it's like a, it's like a giant game of telephone. The story mm-hmm. gets retold so many times through each person's individual yeah. personality filter, and they with we without even realizing it, when we recount information to other people, we add our own spin to it, whether yeah. we know it or not. Yes. And I think that's that's the thirty percent that we're talking about, where there is something to it. There is some legitimate nugget of truth there, but it's been told and retold so many times that it's been you know bastardized or it's been you know mutilated or whatever or you know maybe there's something really going on but there's another explanation for it but these stories you know spirits ghosts entities aliens demons exorcisms the occult it's all a giant game of telephone you know and these stories get passed down and told and now we're in the age where all these stories are finally being picked up by hollywood and they're being put in a movie form yeah uh, and that further waters down and disambiguates and bastardizes and mutilates the original stories. Yes. Um, that you know, they were like uh, uh, the the movie The Exorcist. Yeah. You know, about a young girl that gets possessed. Which was, is... Was initially based off an yeah. account of a young boy. Right. That's, you know, I mean, I that's, read the book. That's one that's, of Hollywood's you know, great crutches that it relies on. The, yeah. Based on a true story right, thing. That it puts, right. I mean, all that really means is that somebody a long time ago wrote a book. Somebody else read it. They told their friend about the book that they read. That friend knows a movie exec. And he's Let's like, go hey, make a movie. But hey, let's yeah. hear about this story that right. I just heard. You know, right. it's been told so many times. And yeah. There's 15 different layers yeah. between the original story and the person who finally hears it. Also, Hollywood, of course, loves dramatic emphasis. So right. they're going to take those stories and put things in there, little artistic touches or yes. visual cues or yes. different things like that, that the real situations are not actually like that yeah you know uh, another movie that comes to mind like that is uh the amityville horror you know right that that particular house yeah there know, is a house where is it in tennessee or arkansas i'm not really sure where the house room. is we don't really know but, where the house but, is know, but uh the story part of the story is true where you know that one there was a family that was murdered in yeah, the house yes but you know, of course, Hollywood got their hands on it. Right, so they decided to throw ghosts in it. Right. Well, they chop, and yeah. and there may I don't know. Different versions of the story go different different ways. Some versions of the original story state that there was some sort of encounter with supernatural yes, things. Yes. But of course, Hollywood likes to throw into its great yes, story blender yes. and chop things up and turn yeah. it into a liquefied puree. And, you know, like like uh, some houses are on the market. I mean, these houses could be extremely nice. You know, right. but they're priced really low because you know horrific things have happened, and you know, a child was killed, a right. family was killed, whatever. And you know, a lot of people don't want to buy a house like that. Yeah, me personally, if I could get a million dollar house for ten grand, I'm going to buy it. Right, you know. But if you're the average person, and so I'm your realtor, and you're looking to buy a house, and I say, well, Mr. Hatfield, uh, you know, this house is great. It's a four bedroom, whatever. Uh, it's you know, it's normally priced one hundred fifty thousand dollars, but we're we're trying to get rid of it at sixty five thousand. You might ask, hey, what's wrong with it? And then I'd be like, well, twenty five years ago, there was a family of five, and uh, they all died under mysterious circumstances. But the trim is really. And then your mind, when it you hear almost that, instantly, your mind is also without even realizing it because of your biases and your prejudices and your experiences and just your life as it has, has unfolded to this point. You have things in your mind both consciously and subconsciously the more you subconsciously kind of chew what i've said over and think about it and work it over in your mind your mind may add stuff to that and then if you do buy the house all that stuff that you subconsciously added suddenly starts to be our mind has the power to some to a certain degree make things real i agree i agree 100 percent you know uh, it's it's 
it's amazing what the human mind can do. It really is. Uh, there's a there's a very great piece of writing. I don't know. What a, it's not exactly a poem, and it's not a story. It's just a, a collection of life and musings and advice. But uh, it's called Desiderata, and it was written in the 1920s by an American poet. And it has lots of wonderful, calming, you know, uplifting, encouraging bits of advice in it. But one of the things that it states is basically be kind and gentle yourself because countless horrors in life are born out of fatigue and loneliness and how many people are tired because of our modern fast-paced lives and lonely because of various things that are going on in our lives and those emotional slants weigh on us yes and i agree when yeah. we're emotionally yeah. depleted and when we're physically exhausted and when we don't have much gas left in the tank we are more prone to being subject and victimized by our own mind which has the tendency to if you're anything like me I'm my own worst enemy. I'm my own worst punisher. You know, for the for the mistakes I make, my mind will punish me endlessly. And those things can, over time, without realizing it, take on a life of their own. And then before you know it, the person is convinced they're sharing a house with a malevolent entity, when in reality, it's just their own fatigue and loneliness that has driven them to such a place of abject desperation that the mind is grasping at straws. Yes, yes. It's, it's, it's funny how things like that work, you know, but... Uh... You know, we're talking about ghosts and stuff. I mean, some locations, some places are are known for, for spirits and everything. And, of course, you know, it's always nice to hear a good ghost story. Of course. You know, but, but you know, I believe that there there are places that are... Well, um, just, just right down the street, uh, Irvington. Yeah. Uh, a couple miles away from us. Uh, the Irvington area is known around the country and in ghost hunting circles as one of the most haunted... Um, communities in all of the United States. Yeah, you know, and uh, it's it's it intrigues me of these places, you know, because I want to visit them. Of course, you know, I would love to experience some some supernatural stuff, right. you know, because my little experience, I mean, it could have been a number of things, but you yeah. know, I would love to walk into a room and see stuff fly off the shelves, or, or you know. Well, be careful what you wish for. Yeah, yeah. By all accounts, those experiences are actually quite harrowing and terrifying yes, to be yes, a part of. Especially, yeah. but it the, just goes back to to wanting the proof, right? Know, the undeniable proof, yeah. you know. And of course, there are there is proof out there, but you know it's very limited. You know, yeah. You know, well, so. they, I mean, they say that if you knock on the devil's door long enough and hard enough, eventually something's going to answer back. You yes. Know? Like, yes. Um, I do, I do definitely believe in the possibility of spirits. Absolutely. And I think sometimes a person can maybe open them up, open themselves up to negative spiritual energy where, where normally they wouldn't have encountered it, but going back to the fatigue and the loneliness and other extremely heavy emotional states. Sometimes I think in the stories that are true, that do have something to them. I think that sometimes people can attract Negative, negative negative spirits yes, and malevolent yes. spirits where otherwise there might not have been. Maybe this is a perfectly normal family in a perfectly normal house, but the husband and wife are going through a divorce and maybe one of the kids has special needs. And then before you know it, there's a lot of things on everybody's plate. They're stressed out constantly. And who knows? Maybe they attract uh, a That's negative. A possibility. Maybe they attract a yeah. negative spirit yeah. that would not have ordinarily sought them out, but because they're weakened <laughs> and vulnerable emotional state, they open themselves up without even realizing it to the possibility of something real took notice. Yes, I agree. I mean, it's, it's, that leans back to the 15, 30% you yeah. know, of, of, of the possibility yeah. of it all, you know, that, uh, that nugget of some 
some genuine thing that's at the center of it and that's what has when you clear away all the rhetoric and you clear away all the storytelling and you get to the nugget you can find okay here's this thing that's actually what's going on you know yes you know, um, like like of course i was a small child, <clears throat> child uh, when this happened i lived I, I stayed all night with my sister and you know she was married at the time and yeah they were living at her her mother-in-law's house and you know it's well documented at this house it's on the east side of indianapolis of course it's torn down now sure but somebody went in years before they ever moved in and uh butchered somebody yeah and uh, it said that you know they put put a piece they chopped them up and put a piece of each body in each room and you know as a child i, I just felt energy in that house yeah you know and it, you know of course you know it could have been my mind playing tricks on me as a kid you know but but still i just felt strange energy because you know i think about it now and that's what that's how i felt just strange yeah. energy in that house you know in some places just just hold that yeah that energy and and depending on what goes on in that house who's in that house what it, like you said an emotional state yeah will bring out that energy it really and, does and, and sometimes that emotional energy doesn't ever actually develop into an actual presence but the emotional energy has power nonetheless yes you know yes. we might not even be talking about a demon or a spirit at this point but maybe there's enough toxic energy in the place that the people are still acting as if they're encountering something and yes. that you know people's imaginations further fuel energy and you know before it, you know it you have a legit situation in hand where there's not actually a presence there it's right. just the people in the house creating it yeah you know uh the energy i felt could have been that person that was you know chopped up right just you know looking for vengeance or angry or whatever but i i can't explain it but i just know i felt energy in that house yeah you know and it was of course it was unnerving as a kid but you know as i think about it now i try to put a logical spin on it yeah yeah you know it could have been you know I'm a kid and they're, they're telling me these stories and, you know, I was scared, but you right. know, it could have been the energy in that house. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Uh, I have, as stated, I don't have a lot of really direct experience with things like this, but I found an unusually high number of people that I've gotten close to over the years, some that I still talk to and some that I don't there's always seems to be a higher than average percentage in my life of people who have claimed to have genuinely encountered things. I, I, I seem to have that sort of experience and energy floating all around me. And, mm -hmm. it, and it, I can point any direction in my social circle. I can be like, yeah, that person's had what they claim to be a legit encounter. This person, you know, I can look back into my childhood. I can look back into my younger years when I was friends with people, this person, this person. So these people have a tendency to show up in my life um, and I usually end up finding a way not to help them directly with this. Cause a lot of times it's something that's already happened years before I ever met them and nothing really bad ever came of it, but there's usually something else in their life, physical problem or an emotional problem. I'm usually able to help those people. Um, and I'd like to think that I'm able to, on some level, offer those people a little bit of peace, even if it's not connected to the thing they're telling me about, they still have other things going on in their life that I end up being able to be encouraging and supportive about, um, that's just, you know, that's it. But yeah, that that's awesome that that, that you feel that way and that, that that people generate towards you. Yeah, you know, uh, we was talking about you know, people let out energy and have energy in them. Yeah, and you know, I, I'm a believer in that. You know, I I feel things deeply. I feel emotion deeply. Yeah, 
I feel other people's emotion deeply. Like, you know, I, I cannot watch certain things on TV. Yeah. You know, I can't watch stories about children being killed. I can't watch, you know, those commercials about the said puppies or whatever. Oh, I, mean, yeah. I just can't do it because it brings out, it, it touches me deeply and, and I don't want to feel that. So right. I avoid things like that. And I just, I won't go as far as saying I'm an empath by no means, but I do feel things deeply. I feel things around me deeply. Right. You know, somebody could be standing next to me and I won't even be talking to them, but I could feel their energy coming from them. And as strange as it sounds, you know, it's just, I just feel it from them. I can't explain. I can't, can't put anything, yeah. you know, definite on it. But I just feel things deeply. You know? Well, that's, that's another thing I've noticed in my life. Um, I'm working on developing my empathy. Uh, I used to have a lot of empathy as a child, but I've, I've been through some things. A lot of it was my own fault. You know, I'm not going to blame anybody. A lot of these situations I find myself in are my own stupidity or my own arrogance. Um, but I'm learning to develop my empathy and bring it back and revive it. But I found an unusually high number of people who are, are very empathetic. And I don't mean to say that they are, in fact, empaths in the literal sense of the word, but... I have a higher number, a higher than average number of people in my life who are deeply empathetic to the needs and uh, are sympathetic to other human beings. Yeah, for a while there, I shut myself off yeah. to that. And I didn't like myself when I did that. So, you know, I kind of recently opened myself up, opened them doors back up right. to, to, to have empathy. And, you know, not, not so much as an empath, but, you know, right. just, just have empathy. Well, the most important thing that I can tell you as advice is anytime you go delving into yourself for self-growth or self-expression or self-education, uh, self you have to be gentle with yourself. You, yeah, know, you can't yeah. be judgmental about what you find because what you find is what you find. Yeah, that, that yeah. It is what it is. Um, and I think a lot of people try to do self-discovery and maybe don't like what they find. So they, they end up doing more damage to themselves than they needed to simply because they weren't open to it. You know, yes, when you're doing yeah. self-discovery, you have to be just open to what you find. And if you don't like something, instead of shutting it off or running away from it, examine it and then think about ways that you can change it. You know, I yes. I'm, I'm yes. only just now learning how to do that. I have, I have a couple of friends that are counseling me in, in the art of self-love and um, how to love yourself more so that you can love other human beings more. Yes, you know, and you know, for a long time, I didn't understand myself. But, you know, now that I'm getting older, <coughs> excuse me, opening them doors. Maybe a little bit wiser. Yeah, a, a tiny bit. Tiny, tiny bit. Tiny bit, you know. Uh, by no means will I say I've, I've known everything or, or done everything, right. you know. But, uh, you know, and with that, with those doors sort of opening, I've, I've allowed myself to be open and open to different things, such as what, like we're talking about, you know, ghosts and, and spirits. And, right. And things like that. You know, but but again, <coughs> excuse me. I want proof. I yeah. want, want undeniable proof. You know, and that's the thing that that you know makes me question a lot of things that I see, a lot of things that I read. You know, it's like okay, where is the proof? Right, yeah. and that's that's what makes this subject so hard to pin down <laughs> uh, because it is inherently. Uh, hard to prove. All, all, yes. Most of the stories that we hear are we heard it from someone who heard it from someone or we're watching a movie and we, we've already covered how many layers of separation there are in movies or yes. we read it in a book and you know I think also people look for ways 
to be special. And yeah. I think I think collective consciousness. Uh, if you're familiar with that idea, we all share. We all have personal experiences, and we all have a shared experience, both with our social circle and our larger community, and then our nation, and then the planet. We all have varying amounts of shared experiences. I think one person has an encounter or a story that maybe has something to it. Other people on a subconscious level decide, hey, that, that makes them unique, you know, and then they start to look for things that have happened in their life, things that maybe they can't explain, and we put more weight on it than we should, or we add more to it than is actually there, and we start, you start looking for the de- deus ex machina, you know, the god in the machine. You start looking for things that aren't actually there and trying to justify it with flimsy half-hearted evidence and i think that's where uh, you know a lot of these stories come from yeah and you know people do uh, not everyone of course but there are people out there that want to feel special yeah want to be we all want to feel special yeah that's a human yeah. that's a human and, and, feel. you know a lot uh, some people not a lot you know not everyone but some people will will grab on to a ghost story or, yeah. or well it's a, no different you know. than being a groupie of like a rock star yeah you, you gravitate towards the pillar of light whatever that pillar of light is you know that that point in your life or something you've experienced that has charisma or knowledge or whatever it is people gravitate towards that's why there are religious leaders that's why there are cult leaders that's why there are politicians that's why they're celebrity that's why they're celebrities we look for people to build and situations and experience we look for those things to build up in our mind as being more than they are this is yes. where comic books yes. come from yes uh, mm-hmm. and you know this is where mythology comes from this is where you know legends come from as we just as we tell these stories and spread them around and perpetuate them everybody adds their own bias and builds the thing up in everybody's mind until it's reached mythical proportions yes you know and and I like to say that, you know, on some level, everybody wants to be accepted. Absolutely. Everybody wants to be believed. Everybody wants to be loved. And and, and we and, all want and, to and, be and, interesting. Yes. And yes. And, you know, and some people will go to extremes t- yeah. to capture that Absolutely. without even realizing yeah. it, you know, whether it be a ghost story or, or you know, I was possessed or, or whatever, you know. But again, you know, got to have the proof. Got to right. have the proof. You no. Know, I can't say that or not. Right. Know? If we accept on the other side for a second, just for the sake of argument, that there is legitimacy to some of these stories, there is maybe an unseen world of spirits or, or you know, the extrasensory or the paranormal, I think a lot of people can also, out of, there's, there's two ways that people go looking for this, I've found. You're either genuinely curious, and everything you do comes from a genuine desire to deepen your understanding and to learn. Which, you know, the curiosity I've found, it's the more respectful of the two. And then there are those who are the thrill seekers and the meddlers. And yes. I think there's nothing wrong with curiosity if you want to read books on the occult or even black magic from a curious perspective because you simply want to know about this and you have a very healthy respect for it. I, as long as you're careful, I don't think there's necessarily... Yeah, and anything. I lean more towards the curiosity. But I think you know. then there are those, you know, there, you know, kids find a Ouija board and you know, maybe they don't even encounter a demon, but maybe they mess up their energy or something. But there's people that go looking for it in the same way that we all slow down to look at a car wreck. Yes. You're not yeah. looking at this. You're not You're not seeking it out to perpetuate understanding or knowledge or even deepen your own sense of spirituality or something that's positive and life-affirming. You're doing it for the basis of the same – it's the exact same reason why people watch pornography. It's just a base – 
reaction that we want to stimulate some animal part of our brain with the most low intelligence form of the thing. And I think that's, you know, ever since shows like Ghost Adventures and Ghost Hunters and Ghost Hunters International has come on TV, there's been a rapid increase in companies of people who have all gotten together and say, hey, now we're going to be ghost hunters. Now right, we're going right. to find spirits. You know, and, 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 you know, a lot of these shows, the, the, the equipment they use, the, the, you know, how do they know that this equipment will pick up a spirit? Right. You know, how do they know that, you know, uh, an EG key, rig, or whatever EMF, it's, EMF. Yeah, EMF reader will pick it up. I mean, how do they know that, you know? Why do they know that? I mean, is there proof that this is happening? Well, uh, and, but but what for me? What what interests me about those shows is the lo some of the locations that yeah. they go to. I mean, and some of the locations are very interesting. Yeah, you know, like uh, one show went to the uh, where the Hindenburg crash. Right. You know, uh, that was interesting to me because you know it's a possibility that there may be spirits there. You know, there may be ghosts there. You know. Well, it was it was a huge tragedy, and a large number of people uh, were killed under unbelievably catastrophic and tragic circumstances. Yeah. Hindenburg, Hindenburg caught fire and then crashed. I mean, it only took something like forty seven yeah, seconds it was, it was for the horrible. entire yeah, ship horrible. to burn up. You know, this, that's what you get when you propel your ship with hydrogen instead yeah, of helium. Yeah, but yeah. Um, it was less than a minute, like ninety seconds from start to finish, and most of that was the forty-seven, fifty-two second, however long it was, period where the actual thing burn up and then hit the ground. Yeah, very, yeah. very fast. You know, I mean, like I said, there's a possibility of that location <clears throat> be, being having spirits. Yeah, but you know, there's other places. You know, like asylums. Yeah, you know, or or you know, houses that that horrific things right. happen. Somebody got murdered or a lot in of the imperial grounds. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Things like that. I more tend to believe those locations have this, you know, the spirits or the ghosts than I would, you know, than a scene of a horrific accident. Right. You know, um, the, the, yeah, like, well, I would say also people are, some people, I should say, are too quick to jump on the, I heard a bump in the house, therefore there must be something in exactly, it. You know, exactly. um, I think it's something you ultimately really have to do your research on. And you really should discount every logical explanation before you jump to ghost or spirit or whatever. Now, if you have and you still find something's going on, then you may very well have a legitimate situation of some sort of nature going on. But because of people's tendency to want to buy into things so quickly and so easily and so completely. I think that you find a lot of people who jump to conclusions without doing the checking. And this also, and of course them people, you know, jump on those conclusions firsthand yeah. because you know, that's what, you know, a lot of us has been fed, right. You know, through movies, books, yeah. videos, whatever, you know, well, and another thing to consider know. is a lot of, you always seem to hear, these stories as having come out of like decades ago or centuries ago, you know, finding people who have something currently going on is difficult. And I think part of that is because we have this tendency to think Ooh, these kind of stories, the older it is, the more legitimate it is, you know, who wants to hear about, Oh, six weeks ago, I think I got a ghost. Or do you want to hear about 400 years ago? There was a battle on this place. And now the spirits of these soldiers wander into 
that which one is more interesting and which one is more thematic to our minds. You right, know? right. You know, like there's a location down in Tennessee. Uh, when I lived down there, you know, they told me about a, <clears throat> a battle during the Civil War. Yeah. That that happened, and uh, you know, spirits were supposed to be roaming that area. Right. Unfortunately, I was ne never had the opportunity to go to that location, but I've always wanted to just to see it and and possibly see something. Right. You know, I mean, like I said. It's possible, but got to have proof. Right. You know, until I see it with my own eyes, then I can't. Which is, you know. which is why it's so hard to uh, pinpoint for the same reason that people that claim to have paranormal abilities, you know, it's easy when they're able to control the circumstances, it's easier to generate these results. And I'm not even saying that they're a charlatan or a faker. Maybe they are legitimately doing something, but until you can replicate what you're doing in a variety of scenarios and a variety of environments to a variety of non-biased parties you haven't really proved you may have something there you may be onto something i was yes. i was watching a youtube series just two or three days ago on the greatest frauds in the martial arts world and a lot of these guys guys like frank ducks and uh it's spelled d-u-x and i can't remember there are a couple of others um i wish i could remember the names right now but a lot of these guys made ridiculous claims. There was one guy in particular that was supposed to be like the martial arts instructor or sensei for Muhammad Ali during his boxing career. And he was legitimately the, you know, the martial arts instructor for Muhammad Ali. So that, that part of the story is true. Um, but it also stated during this little video that Bruce Lee may, or not Bruce Lee, I'm sorry, Muhammad Ali may or may not have actually believed. It's hard to say how much he actually believed in this guy's ability to do crazy martial arts things and it was more for the publicity of it but yeah. this guy and i can't remember his name he let it go to his head he let it give him an inflated ego and so he built a career off martial arts sensei of muhammad ali and then he over time just began to develop this crazy theory that he had the ability to touch people and they would be knocked out instantly and then that slowly evolved into he has this ability to without even touching you he can just wave his arms in a particular way, and then you fall unconscious. And, he, and then he started to make claims that he might even be able to kill you without even touching you. And um, National Geographic had a program. I don't know if it's still on, but it was called Is It True? And those people from the National Geographic went out, and they were like, okay, you're making these claims. We're not going to disbelieve you, but we want you to try and recreate what you're doing in your dojos in an impartial environment that we control. We've set yeah, up, instead yeah. of you setting up the scenario on your home turf and you having the advantage and you being able to do all your things in your own area, we've set up an impartial board of uh, inspectors and we've set up our own dojo and we want you to come here and try to do your Did technique. he go there? He did. He did. And sure enough, he could not duplicate what he was claiming. Of course and not. National Geographic not. even yeah. said at the end of the program, we're not saying he can't do it. We're not saying he doesn't have this power. All we're saying is that when we asked him to duplicate it in front of us, in, a, in front of a board of impartial observers, people who are skeptical, people who are not easily swayed by this sort of charismatic propaganda, he couldn't do it in that scenario. So they said, we don't know whether he can or not. All we know is that he was unable to do it when we were around for our cameras. Yes, you know, and... and it would make a person believe, you know, if he's in a different environment, he can't do it there, that he can't do it at all. Right. You know, I mean, 
Well, the video even said the smart thing for him to do to try and save a little bit of face, even though at this point it's kind of been proved he's a fraud. What he should have said is, oh, uh, you know, oh, if, you know, I can't do it today or I'm not feeling, he should have tried to come up with some kind of excuse. But for whatever reason, he came up with an even more outlandish explanation was that if you do a particular thing or you clench your jaw or you move your big toes or you do this, then you can block it. And National Geographic basically concluded by saying, if it's that easy for people to block, are you even able to do this in the first place? And even yeah. if you are, how much of a technique is this if people are able to block it so easily? Right. So he was kind of debunked. But that's the same type of thing. You know, people, it, it's the same reason why those late night infomercials about the I've seen it on TV products sell so well because people watch what's presented in the commercial in a controlled environment. And maybe these products actually do what they say in that controlled environment where everything's kept perfectly clean. They always have fresh batteries or yes, whatever. You know, yes. everything is exactly perfect. And most people have been sucked in on by those commercials. Right. Not but necessarily bought then things, when but you, you know those commercials. You know, and also like, yeah. okay, on the Home Shopping Network, I was just watching last night because I was bored. Wolfgang Puck, he, you know, everybody knows he's a big time celebrity chef. He was selling this air fryer. Air fryer technology is the new thing on the market. You know, you, f you fry your food without any oil or grease and it's supposed to be healthier. And I don't know how valid it is. Maybe the thing works. Maybe it doesn't. But Wolfgang Puck is a chef with decades of experience. He's written dozens of cookbooks. He has Michelin stars. He has multiple restaurants. This is a guy that knows how to cook and blow you away. Yes. But what they were saying is... Oh, look at all these wonderful, tasty dishes that I'm able to make with this device. And I smirked to myself. I even said out loud in my house by myself, I was like, yeah, I'm sure the, sh the fact that you've been cooking for 35 years has nothing to do with how exactly. great this is. Yeah. People think that, and that's the trick. You know, they take the people who are really, really good at doing these types of things, who have all of the experience, who know about herbs and ingredients. And all it's all things. on how you sell it. It's all on how you, you know, set yeah, it up. Yeah. And also... What they don't show is the hours that go in beforehand of prepping all the food, yes, getting yes, it ready, having all yes. the herbs and spices nearby so he can do it quickly. Right. Like people think at home, look how easily he's able to do this. Well, yeah, they've stacked the deck to make the product look as good as it possibly can. And that goes back to the, you know, the, the, the people, the, the frogs of the, the uh, oh, the supernatural way. Exactly. It's the exact same it's type how, of thing. How you sell it. Yeah. And, and, and here's the thing, just like those commercials selling a product, I believe those products work. I believe they do what they're being told. Well, can they do, they do everything that says, that, or can know? it do what it does with you, the home cook at home without that celebrity chef? Are you going to be able to get those results with that machine? Probably not. It's the same yes. with psychics. It's the same with palmists. It's the same with tea readers. All those people. Maybe they do have a legitimate ability. Maybe they do have something going on. But keep in mind, when they do that and when you call into those psychic lines, you're calling them on their territory. You're yes. calling them yes. on their home field. Yes. The, we've all heard of the home field advantage. They've got their unique situation set up in exactly the perfect way to get them the best results. That does not mean that you, as the run-of-the-mill Joe Blow walking down the street, are going to be able to utilize what they're doing and get the same results because you haven't put all the work into setting it up that way. Exactly, exactly. It's just, you know, no matter what it is, whether it be, you know, buying something from TV or... Or, or, or ghost stories exactly. or call-in call psychics. Do your or, research. Do your research. Do your research because, you know, there's enough stuff, information out there these days to find the truth exactly. behind everything. And you should you be know? able to tell. The average person with even a... a the barest amount of logic and common sense should be able to tell when they're talking to somebody who's an egomaniac. 
Yes. You can tell very easily a person who's bragging. You can tell very easily a person who thinks they know what they're talking about when, in fact, they have no idea at all. Yes. And, you know, I've run across people like that. I won't say all the time, but I have run across people right. that, that think they know what they're talking about. But but I think just like to hear themselves talk. Yeah. You know, and just stay away from people like that. Right. You know? Or just not in the right places and until right. you can get away from them. Well, I've been told yeah. that I like to hear myself talk, but I, I'm very aware of that, too. No, you, I, you're, you're very self-admittedly, I love to hear the sound of my own voice, but no. I say that almost as a joke. Yeah, you know, I mean, from what I know of you, you're, you're wise and you have a, no, a lot of knowledge. I think you're an old soul. <laughs> I've been, I've been told that yeah. before. Um, I, I accept it only because I don't know enough to not accept it. Um, but I don't, I don't try to... I try really hard not to sell myself who, as someone who's an expert on the things that I'm not. Right. You know, everything we're talking about is pure conjecture and hearsay. We're just, you know, we're having a, a lighthearted discussion. I'm by no means an expert on the occult or mystical arts or anything of that, or ghosts or spirits. Like I said, I've never, oh, yeah, me had, neither. I've me never neither. had very yeah. many experiences with this kind of thing. I know a lot of people that I, I talk, finding people that have had experiences uh, with the supernatural, it's a lot like finding people who claim to have Native American blood in them. You know, yeah. you find uh, those people are a dime a dozen. Oh yeah, I'm I'm one sixteenth Cherokee or I'm one ninety first Omaha Indian or what. You know, like even the government doesn't recognize beyond one eighth. Right. Uh, you know, at some point, yeah, you might have some Native American blood in you somewhere along the way, but that doesn't mean that you're a descendant exactly, of the natives. Exactly. And by the same token, yeah, you might have had some sort of moment that raised the hair on the back of your neck, but that doesn't also mean that you've had an encounter with a ghost. Right. Don't believe every bump in the night is a ghost. Exactly. You know? Most bumps in the night are exactly that. They're just bumps in the night and yeah. they happen everywhere all the time. Exactly. You know, uh, now that's not to say if you have had a genuine experience, we're not discounting that. No, either. we're not no. discounting those of you no. out there who have had legitimate encounters with legitimate things. Um, and I believe that there is a section of, these stories, it is 100% legit. It's just how many people are doing it just to get attention and how many people are doing it because something's happened. Right. You know, and believe what you believe, but have an open mind. Right. You know, uh, I think we should possibly wrap this up. We're almost out of time. So, yeah. you know. Just be skeptical and open at the same time. Yes. You know? too, much yes. Skepti- too much skepticism turns into cynicism. And too much openness turns into gullibility and naivety. Yes, so, and, and do your research. Try and strike a balance. Yeah. All right. Well, I will say uh, it's a good, good, good podcast. Uh, interesting topics. Yeah, good episode. Yes. So another uh, one's in the bag. Yes. So uh, be good to people and don't drink and drive. <laughs> yes. And yeah, I don't have any. I don't have anything better than that. Okay. Peace. Hello, this is William. This is Nathan. And welcome to The Mind. What's up, guys? Tonight we're going to talk about superheroes, DC, Marvel, and... Comic books, the mythos, the legends. Yep. One of my favorite is, uh, has always been Spider-Man, you know. Uh, Why's that? Just sort of relate to the kid, you know. So you uh, you got bit by a radioactive spider and, uh, you know, then a whole bunch of colorful cavalcade of costume criminals arose to oppose your truth and justice and your uncle well being murdered right no, before your eyes no no nothing like that just uh to the uh 
you know, how he's just, you know, a kid that gets picked on a lot. And, sure. You know, uh, really wasn't that popular. You right. know, that's sort of what I could relate to. But, you know, Spider-Man's just a fun character to me. Yeah. You know, I wish that uh, they would have done better in the movies. But, you know, hey. Which which movies did you not like specifically? Well, I, well, I liked all the movies. I just don't like how they're, they're they keep. They seem to keep re- redoing the the uh, the origin movies. You so, know. Yeah. So most people know this, but for those of you that don't, the uh, the whole thing is that Sony, by law, though according to the contracts that they have with Marvel Entertainment Group and you know different various interests, they in order to keep their licensing of Spider Man, in order to keep being able to make movies, they are actually required by their contracts to continue making. Uh, a new Spider-Man movie at least once every three years, so which is why we keep getting reboots and new origin stories. When really, if you just if you have to make a movie to make a movie, I like I like the idea of what they did with the Venom movie, uh, which by the way I thought was surprisingly enjoyable, surprise pleasantly surprised at how that movie turned out. It was such a different take on the character. It was a little bit more fun, a little bit more zany. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, I've only seen clips of the movie, but what I saw was highly impressive. Well, you, you, know? you watch, you should watch the whole thing to the uh, to the conclusion. But uh, if you're go- if you have to make movies anyway, stop giving us the Spider-Man origin story. Stop getting a new actor every three years because it's it's. Well, I gave up on Spider-Man. I don't watch Spider-Man movies anymore because I just I know what I'm getting. I'm getting the cookie cutter origin story i'm getting a new actor a new set of characters a new um cast that you know with changing around that much there's no way to get attached to anything there's no way to get invested in anybody because you know they're only going to be around for a one or two movie arc anyway right i like i like the venom movie though because if you have to make a new movie every three years or whatever then make an origin for all the different characters you know you could even do a mary jane uh origin and a gwen stacy you know or you know whatever i'm not i'm not a writer but but you know i i I do like how in the venom movie they there really wasn't anything to do with spider-man it was all about venom right uh it was interesting that they also said it in uh was it los angeles i think it wasn't set in new york eddie brock oh uh, yeah yeah eddie brock gets fired from the the, uh what was his is it the daily bugle that's the one he worked for you know and uh basically his life falls apart and everything kind of falls apart for him but you get to see a different side of eddie eddie's always been like sort of a bully to peter parker and kind of been obsessed that we do get to see an eddie brock that does care somewhat about being you know a semi-intense semi-legitimate credible uh investigative journalist who's you know trying to bring out corruption and other things like that which i thought was cool because eddie brock has always been kind of a great character he's not totally good and he's not totally bad right and this uh this movie kind of captured that right exactly but you know uh the movie uh the batman movies they they did with uh, christian bale oh phenomenal yeah phenomenal i don't think anybody dislikes those movies yeah uh you know there really hasn't been a, a decent batman come along right and once christopher nolan directed the dark knight i mean he pretty much got a forever free license from hollywood to do whatever the hell he wants like christopher nolan in the eyes of most of hollywood now i think can do no wrong even even with a movie like dunkirk which was a disappointment to me but right you know but the third batman uh 
you know, that had the character Bane. The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, you know. Or, excuse me, the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, that's the whole thing, you know. Uh, you really couldn't understand Bane very much. Well, they kind of turned him into, like, a, was that Sean Connery in a mask yeah, kind of a thing? Yeah. You know, he had a weird, weird accent, and he had the weird... Uh, over-the-top way of speaking and almost, you know, Shakespearean villain prose. And yeah. Uh, but, you know, the fight scenes between him and Batman were, were I mean, the actual physical punches that, that he threw. It was a very you know, physical movie. Yeah. Uh, lots of lots of problems. We could almost do a whole episode just on the issues that I have with The Dark Knight Rises, but it's still it's still a watchable movie. It's still, uh, it's still exceedingly crisp in its uh, cinematography and the film score uh, by uh, Hans Zimmer and is, is phenomenal as always. Uh, a movie that, that was a big disappointment, but was the Fantastic Four. <laughs> which with, which one? With both? Uh, both Jeff, of... Well, I, I haven't seen the, 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 the latest one, but the one with Jessica Alba. Or the, well, you they know. had two of those. They had the, yeah, they yeah. Had, and there was the second, The Rise of the Silver Surfer. Right, you know, know uh, both of them could have been so much better. You know, I'm a big fan of Jessica Alba because, you know, she's just extremely hot. Smoking. And, you know, and I go way back to the Dark Angel. So yeah, was, you know, great show, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, is also kind of a comic booky sci-fi. Yeah, very, yeah. very cool show, very yeah. interesting premise. But yeah. I think, I think the major problem that uh, Marvel has always had going all the way back to just it being a comic book is that they never, re- I mean, it was the first major, they're the first family of comic books. They're like the first group before the X-Men was around. There was the Fantastic Four and uh, they just never really had anyone that knew really what to do with it. Right, uh, right. And uh, there's been so many times when Fantastic Four line has either been like threatened to be canceled permanently, mm-hmm. only be brought back to lackluster success, and there's problems getting people to write it and inkers, and it's just kind of it almost seems cursed that there's not a lot. What what can you do with those characters? You know? Right. Yeah. Uh, but I was highly impressed with what they did with uh, the thing. You know, in the new one or in the the, the, the one with Jessica. Alba, okay. Yeah. You know? uh, that was the big thing that they could never get the the, the suit or or thing the thing to look right right well with the advent of cgi being in all movies now you can there's a lot of stuff you can do with that to make it look a lot better you don't have you're not you're no longer confined to the days of like the lou ferrigno treatment where you Mm -hmm. just get a bodybuilder and paint him a different color or whatever you can actually do justice to the character but right you know uh and a a series of movies that that has just blown me away you know was all the x-men movies and the logan wolverine yeah you know just they did a phenomenal job and of course uh having patrick stewart play xavier yeah they couldn't have found somebody better really Um, yeah i mean that that seems a role tailor-made for a guy like that yeah Um, perfect casting choice and uh and plus uh uh, magneto uh, what's his name ian Ian mckellen sir ian mckellen has actually been knighted yeah yeah um there's a, uh, so as uh, Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart has also been there. there was Sir, a picture, Sir Patrick Stewart, yeah. There was a picture of him, uh, you know, being knighted where she has by the queen and she has the, the sword, but somebody imposed a, a Klingon sword. Oh, really? Oh, I thought it was kind of cool. That's kind of cool. Yeah. But yeah, uh, th- those movies just are exceptionally well done. And they, you know? they don't suffer from the normal Marvel problem. I mean, if you look at all the Marvel movies that have come out, you know, from the first Iron Man all the way up to the Ant-Man movie, I mean, the problem time and time again that you see in all the Marvel movies is there's never a compelling villain. 
they take you know ger generic cut and paste tactics and techniques and like cobble together a few personality traits and ooh here's the bad guy you know magneto consistently other than thanos in the in the avengers yeah magneto really and thanos i should say are really the only compelling villains that you actually sympathize with and can actually understand their motivations and their complex characters every other villain that marvel has in any of its movies just suffers from classic comic booky kind of bullshit yeah. writing yeah. with you know oh this guy is you know he's gonna do the thing and he's the evil corporate guy and he's gonna you know i mean loki was good you know loki's yeah. a good villain yeah but um marvel just can't seem to come up with a decent villain. a decent villain yeah. um and I don't know if it's problems with the character library where they don't have good material, but that doesn't make... I mean, they've been doing this since the 60s, and they have a character library of over... I can't remember what the Marvel website says. Something like over 5,000 characters yeah, uh, available to choose. So there's a lot of different people yeah. that they could pick. Um, I don't know why they can't seem to ever you know, have compelling villains. It's always just, we need a foil for the good guys and everything really focuses a lot more on the good guys and their journey. And, you know, they get built up to these insane impossible levels and then they and ultimately beat the bad guy pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the whole bad guy scenario for, for the X-Men. Yeah. I'm with you on that for sure. You know, um, but you, you mentioned the Avengers, you know, yeah. Uh, I'm impressed by what what they're doing with the Avengers. I hear the new movie that's coming out in April. Is, Avengers Endgame? Yeah, it's three hours long. Huh. Yeah. yeah. I didn't hear that, but, yeah. I, you know, I could see that. I hope yeah. that it doesn't feel like it starts to drag in the, uh, you know, at the end of the second act going into the third act, because that's where a lot of movies have it. Especially right. comic book movies. If they go too long, they start to drag. Yes, I agree. Uh, but, you know... You mentioned Thanos, you know, uh, he's, he's a, he's a villain that, that I like. Yeah. You know, uh, but that's because he's, he's complex. He's not so immediately just automatically, Ooh, I'm the bad guy. Ooh, I'm evil. And you know, I have very basic motivations. You get to know him and he's a complex character and you almost are able, when you have a villain that you can almost see things from their perspective, exactly. that's the key to having yeah. a great villain because yeah. that's what makes them a great antagonist to the protagonist of this story. If they're too one-dimensional, then at best, you're going to be hating them because they're the bad guy and you want to root for the good guys to beat them. And at worst, they're forgettable, which is a problem with a lot of... I mean, can you even remember the bad guy from Ant-Man? Because I can't. I mean, he was I, he I, was a bald corporate type, you know. That I was never a fan of Ant-Man. I wasn't either. Know, I mean, I, I've seen him in, in some of the other movies, but i never seen the, the movie Ant-Man. Uh, it was not uh, terribly good i know there's a lot of people out there that really liked it i didn't care for it um what's his name the the main actor who plays scott lang um paul rudd i'm actually a fan of paul rudd and i didn't dislike the movie because of paul rudd i thought paul rudd was the best thing about those movies you mm -hmm. know he's a fun quirky actor who's kind of a goofball and he's really funny but he was just surrounded by just a bunch of nothing yeah just a whole character ant man i mean i just i just couldn't jump on board with that well i mean it, it goes back to the days when all you needed to do to create a comic book superhero was hey let's pick an animal or a shape or a number or a color and you know there we go there's a, what ooh, that ant-man he controls ants and that's his oh and he can, he's also giant man and he can grow inside yeah he can you know? roll and shrink and yeah just never a fan of, of, of that particular character yeah but you know uh some of the characters that, that i was never a fan of looked like thor but you know, 
until the movies came out. Well, I think that's know? that's what a lot of people felt about a lot yeah. of the Avengers. Is I mean, other than other than the Hulk or Iron Man or Captain America or Thor, I wasn't even really that familiar with any of the characters. And even the ones I was up until the movies came out, I never read the Avengers. When I was a kid, I was always reading X Men or Batman. Yeah, exactly. You know, I never, yeah. never fucked with the Avengers because um, they're just boring. Yeah. But, you know, the movies are just phenomenal. And I'm so glad to see that they're putting quality work out in these movies. Well, they're, you know? they're doing something that no um, storytelling company has ever done before. You know, putting out this many movies about this many different angles of the entire <laughs> and really creating the whole cinematic universe thing. That's never really been... The only other... You know, you have things like Harry Potter or Star Wars that also do something like that where they create a whole world and i think that sort of tactics becoming more popular um in more recent years but up until you know there was star wars and there was harry potter and then now the avengers in the marvel cinematic universe and it's a pretty unique far-reaching thing and it's given a lot of people a lot of stuff to get really interested and really excited about because the you're going to always want, okay, who are they going to make a movie about next? Right. Who's going to be the next person to come down the line right. and get their own story? Who's the next origin story that we're going to see? So right. It's like, uh, you know, that Green Lantern movie. <laughs> that was such a big disappointment. The Ryan Reynolds yeah. fiasco? Yeah, but, you know, even in Deadpool, there, there's some lines in that that actually make fun of, of Green Lantern. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Green Lantern, and, you know, it's just, it was, it could have been so much better than it was. I mean, I what it suffered from the same problems that we're seeing a lot of the DC movies suffer from now, most notably Suicide Squad and, uh, you know, Justice League, which both were just complete failures. Oh, Justice of, League was of, such of a disappointment. Failures man. of movie making. You know, yeah. It's you know. just who gives a shit you know right, here's you a know. here's a bad guy oh they're gonna summon the sky beam and right. then there's a random army of who the fuck cares bubble right, monsters right, and yeah this is such a big disappointment man you know uh of course you know I, I like superman i like you know wonder woman you know of course the woman that plays wonder woman these days gal gadot, gal gadot. oh my god she is just lovely and she doesn't do know. a bad job no I mean, she she's doesn't. i mean you know. she we haven't had anybody come along that's done wonder woman since linda carter yeah and, and i think you know, she's I, done a pretty good job yeah and you know i was a fan of, of, of linda carter's wonder woman right uh, uh had a crush on her when i was a kid i still know? have a crush on her because you i mean know. she's like in her 50s and she's still gorgeous oh yeah and she's yeah. smoking hot oh yeah dude uh you know and uh i remember watching the uh the i believe it was the late 70s version of wonder woman that was on tv the invisible jet and, right you yeah. know it was just uh it, it was cool. it was a goofy time in pop culture right though. right yeah. right uh but you know one thing uh that was cool back then was uh the incredible hulk you know the, the lou ferrigno yeah, incredible yeah. hulks i'd never i've never watched any of that because it was yeah. a little bit before my time yeah uh they, they did a fair job on that you know and they've done some changes to the hulk that could have done better. I really wish that Edward Norton wasn't such a prima donna and a jackass to work with on set because I liked Edward Norton's Incredible Hulk a lot more than I like uh, Mark Ruffalo. Really? Yeah. Really? Well, I'm, th the, I'm, I'm the opposite. Because, yeah. well, I mean, if you're watching, 
the Edward Norton, there's several moments where you see these real human emotions uh, where the Hulk is worried or he's scared or he's sad or he's having like these real human emotions that are still coming through the monster. Whereas Mark Ruffalo suffers from the same problem that I have with a lot of what's going on in the MCU because I'm not as big of a fan of the MCU. I think it's really cool what they're doing in general and the idea of it is really cool, just the execution to me. Um, and it's... A lot of it has to do with just the way that modern superhero movies are made. There's a lot more goofy humor, and that isn't my sense of humor and right. things like that. But, like, Mark Ruffalo's Hulk just, I don't know, just doesn't really interest me as a character. But I was I, I thought the 2008 Incredible Hulk with uh, Edward Norton was really, really good. Yeah. I uh, enjoyed that immensely. You know, uh, speaking of goofy stuff... Uh, uh, Tom Hardy is going to be playing the new Wolverine, and they're they're putting him in the yellow outfit. Really? Yeah. And I saw a couple clips of it, and I was just like, "What? I this have looks not, so cheesy." I've not man. seen any yeah. clips of that, and I I like Tom Hardy as an actor. I think he's a phenomenal actor, but I don't like him. Upon hearing that, I don't like Tom Hardy as Wolverine. I don't yeah. know who should be. You know, I mean, Gerard Butler, I think, could do a decent job playing Wolverine. Yeah. I mean, you have to lose yeah. the accent, but he's yeah. got, he could have a similar look. Tom Hardy, he's already, there's something about having an actor play, which I guess it's not as followed of a rule anymore, but for a long time, you didn't have an actor who already played an established character play another established character in the yeah. same universe. It just, it throws it off a little bit. You know, yeah. Tom Hardy is already Eddie Brock. So, yeah. and I'll like, Chris Evans, like, he did a phenomenal job as, as Captain America, and I think everybody's kind of forgotten that he was in Fantastic Four. But that was a little weird at the time. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I don't I don't like it when, when the same actor plays... Different, different characters, yeah. yeah. Especially when they take place in the same universe. Even though Venom, obviously, is not the same universe as the Marvel Cinematic Universe, because it's two different companies and two different licensing agreements and two different writing teams. But it's still, it's still Marvel. Yeah. It's still the same source material. Yeah, uh, but you know, somebody that another great casting was uh, uh, for Logan, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Huge jacked man. Yeah, uh, he is not only a phenomenal Wolverine; he is a phenomenal person. Yeah, you know, he has a, uh, I believe it's in New York. He has a coffee shop where people can come in and just pay whatever they can afford. Really? You know, and if and if you can't pay anything, he'll have you do some dishes or something, yeah. you know. And that's kind of cool. That is kind of cool. Because, you know, he is not only just Wolverine, he's a Broadway star. Yeah, he's a know? classically trained yeah. Shakespearean actor. Yeah, just just a phenomenal, phenomenal actor. Uh, yeah, and, I'm a fan. And, you know, he, uh, he just seems like a really good guy in general, real humble guy. Yeah. And doesn't, oh, I'm, doesn't, think oh i'm a star yeah i don't get that sense from him at all yeah and if you think about i mean he's played logan now he's played wolverine is it nine movies ten movies somewhere in there i mean that's one of the longest runs for an actor to play i mean other than maybe james bond movies but even them even they stop after about six like he's played the same character i mean robert downey jr's played uh tony stark in almost that many movies so they got the same thing going on but yeah and and you know the last movie that he did you know, actual Logan movie, the old man, Logan. Yeah. Uh, that was, that was extremely well done, you know, cause you got, I mean, you got to see the human side of him, yeah. you know, and I still don't know what's making him sick, you know? And, and well, it was, figure, it's the adamantium. You know, oh, okay. It's, it's the, from the moment the adamantium got put in, 
it started poisoning his body. Oh. Up to a certain point, his healing ability was still such that he was able to shake off its effects and not even realize it. But, you know, this is a Logan, what was the year, 2050 in in the Logan movie? You know, he's, at this point, Logan's like, he was born in the 1850s, 1860s in Canada. You know, I mean, at this point, he's... He's 200 years old, like, the, even for Wolverine, you know, the body wears out eventually. Yeah, and, you know, what they did with Xavier's character in that movie was just phenomenal. Oh, where he went, you like, know. senile and yeah. wildly insane. Yeah. I mean, it would make sense. What What is the one thing that a psychic would fear most would be mental disorders. Yeah. You know, the loss of their intelligence yeah. and their, their consciousness, you know? Yeah. Uh, just, again, I mean, just awesome, awesome what, what they did with those movies. Yeah. You know, um, uh, a movie that a superhero movie that was extremely disappointing was uh, Batman versus Superman. I understand. See, I like that movie, but not because it's a great movie. Um, it just compared to Suicide Squad and Justice League. It to me is still, for all of its problems, it's still watchable, and it is it's rife with problems. But like when I compare it to Suicide Squad and Justice League, which to me are unwatchable. They're they're just trash. At least I can sit through Batman v Superman. I might be mad through part of it, but I can finish it. Yeah. I don't think I could finish Justice League or Suicide Squad another time to save my life. Yeah, it's a Suicide Squad. I mean, it, it was decent. No, I thought, I thought oh, it was decent, I thought it was, I thought it was an absolute uh, piece of horse shit yeah. on set to film. Oh wow! Yeah, I wow. I thought that it was an abysmal failure on but, every level. Yeah, well, that's another movie that where they had just the villain was just the villain. Well, know, and not all. I mean, the casting choices were decent, but it, just the writing was not there, and the interaction and the movie tried so hard to have all these different moments that it didn't earn, and it didn't show the characters actually getting to these. It was. I just thought it was a mess. I thought it was an absolute trashy mess from start to finish. Same with Justice League, which you know, yeah, just, I I can't stand those movies. They're on my worst movies of all time list. Yeah, but you know, what you know, uh, a character that that I like what they've done with so far is Aquaman. You know, I haven't uh, seen the Aquaman no. movie. Um, I thought Jason Momoa did a perfectly fine job as Aquaman in uh, Justice League. I don't dislike him as Aquaman. I think right. he brings like a a little bit of a grittier, darker edge yeah. to Aquaman. I like yeah. that. Because, um, you know, in, in the comics and even in the uh, cartoon Justice League, yeah. you know, uh, Well, he was, always, he was always the goofy character. Yeah, the was, goofy, and he was always in the ocean. Right. It's, uh, uh, some kind and of, people have been making fun of him for for years, yeah, you know, yeah. for all the reasons. Yeah, you know? like, come to the water, I'll come beat Come to the water ass. and I'll beat your yeah. ass. But, oh, no, I'm on land. Oh, I can't do anything about that. But, yeah. man, if you were in the water, I'd, yeah. I'd trash you. Yeah. But you know, I'm glad I'm glad they put more dynamic behind his character. Yeah. Because it was it was screaming for that. Yeah. Know, I think you know. Uh, well, it's it's funny because Marvel has very smartly just for 15, you know, almost 20 years now, they've just been at a very leisurely pace putting out movies, and they've been doing a really good job, and they've been throwing all their money behind it. And Justice League, for whatever reason, didn't until very very recently, and now they're scrambling to play catch up. Yeah. And it, that's why everything feels rushed and everything feels hastily put together and chopped together from nothing because it is yeah i i agree i agree uh what'd you think of uh man of steel man of steel it was it was decent i um, loved it i thought it was phenomenal yeah um you know uh, the whole i like how they brought zod in and, and yeah. that character that played zod and 
had had more of a dimension to him. Yeah, you know, and you know, and his two sidekicks too were decent. Uh, forgive me. Three sidekicks. Was it three sidekicks? Yeah, there were four of them all together. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen it, but uh, actually, I just watched some clips the other day on YouTube. Maybe it was three. You know, uh, but but yeah, they uh, the dynamics behind those characters was, was excellent. You know, because you almost felt for Zod and and felt where he was coming from. You right. cared about that character. Yeah, you almost cared about him, and you know, it's important, especially when it comes to a villain that that you know. A good villain has to be sympathetic. Yeah, yeah, you know, and you can almost, re- lack of a better word, relate to, right. to, to where he's coming from. Right. You know, it's much uh, more interesting than a guy who's just bad because he's bad. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, but yeah, the whole concept of Superman is 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 phenomenal. And I used to really hate Superman as a character when I was younger. Really? Yeah, because I mean, he can do no wrong, and he's absolutely perfect, and he's got all the powers and he can there's nothing he can't do and he's not vulnerable to anything except this fucking rock and you know like oh yeah because you can't go down to the store and go get some yeah. kryptonite it's in you know i, I can't remember i i, I don't hate him anymore I, i've understood that there there's actually some complex layering to superman now as i get older one of the yeah. things that i've started to understand about superman is that superman's not superman because of all the things he can do Superman is Superman because of the amount of self-control he, he has, exactly. which I think is really cool. Yeah. Once I learned that, once I understood that, it made me have a new appreciation for the character. Because here is a guy, if he wanted to, he could set himself up as an emperor on Earth, oh, yeah. and no one could stop him, and yet he chooses not to, right? because he would much rather just live as one of the humans and not be a tyrant, You yeah. know, he, because he is a good guy. Yeah, I believe it was in uh, uh, Superman 2 with Christopher Reeves, 2 or 3, but, uh, you know, uh, where he's sitting at a bar and he gets drunk and eventually uh, uh, ends up fighting Clark Kent. Him and Clark Kent get into a fight in this big junkyard. And that was a, that was a decent scene, you know, a decent well, fight. Well, that was Superman. Know? That was Superman 3, I think. Yeah. Or, no, maybe it was Superman 4. And it wasn't... It was... Was it Atomic Man or something? It was the guy that was created by Lex Luger, Lex Luthor. Or yeah, something. yeah. Um, but Superman is is a character. I mean, he's been around forever, and he'll be around forever. Yeah, you know, uh, everybody knows that symbol. Yeah, you know, and that logo. Um, a character that that I always liked was the Punisher. Ha, the well, we finally arrived at the uh, the one that I like talking about. The Punisher is actually my favorite character from uh, pretty much any comic books because for for all the stuff that normal comic book characters have, some kind of superpower, some kind of special gadget, he doesn't. No, he he's just one hundred percent human. Exactly. Yeah, he's, and, and I mean, he's know. he's a trained soldier, so he has heightened reflex you know he's he's trained and he's got military grade weapons and things like that but other than that here's a normal guy the super punisher could actually be walking around a major american city exactly right yeah it's almost he, even in ways that batman can't exist the punisher can exist exactly you know uh, uh it's almost real life yeah you know and and that's just a, a character that 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 brings it out you yeah know? And, and well and i like you know, i like that 
you don't really hear of famous iconic Punisher villains. And I always say it's because the Punisher, unlike Batman, unlike Superman, unlike any of these other guys that always, because of the writing, the writing team compels the character, you know, as always, they're compelled by the plot. They, they're not allowed to kill. They, they have to leave the guy alive at the end. They, they can't, you know, there's all these rules that go back to the, uh, the association that dictated what could be put in comic books and what, what can, right, I can't right. remember what it's called, but, um, there's so many rules about, you know, and the Punisher breaks all those rules, which yeah. is, which is why he doesn't have any famous villains because he's killed them all. Because right. the Punisher actually, right. while everybody else is, you know, twiddling their thumbs and pussyfooting around and, oh, we don't know what to do about this bag, the Punisher just walks up and shoots him in the head. Problem yeah, solved. Exactly. You know? Well, you know how, like, the Punisher could be almost real life? Yeah. There was a cartoon called Batman Beyond. Did you ever see that? I did. I watched it. You know, I loved I loved that concept where Batman, Bruce Wayne was an older man. Yeah. And, and you know, he had somebody else step he in He takes seat. a protege. Yeah. And... Yeah. Just love that idea because, you know, it just kind of showed you, you know, Bruce Wayne getting older. Right. You know, and you never really see that. You never really There's a handful that, of times in, in various comic books where it's an older Bruce Wayne, but he's still got to be at the top of his game yeah. because that's what people want to see. And they, yeah. they give, even though Bruce Wayne is supposed to be an ordinary human, um, he always gets the comic book treatment where he's yeah. somehow still alive, and right. still you know, in his prime. But I would love to see that concept in an actual movie. Batman Beyond? Yeah. Would it be an animated feature no, no, movie no, no, or a no, live action movie? Live action movie. Yeah. You know, and where kind of. Bruce Wayne's behind the scenes, yeah. directing stuff. Well, Bruce Wayne has become the new Alfred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Alfred, yeah, he pretty much was kind of directing him without directing him. Yeah. You know? uh, did you ever uh, see the the movie uh, Black Panther? No, I watched part of it with uh, I was babysitting uh, my friend's kid, and we were watching it uh, at her house. You know, that's I a... saw like the first half. Right. You know. Uh, I've I've only seen clips of it, but what I've seen, I've been impressed. And then it's another character I was never really into. Until, yeah. Until the movie. Came I out. and I wasn't really familiar. There's so many characters they're bringing to the screen now that I wasn't even aware of as a kid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's so true. Um, it, I just hope that Marvel and DC both doesn't, you know. Drown the market with so many superheroes that you get lost in the show. That they get well, lost well, in they the will, and know. here's why: because yeah. superheroes. I've mentioned this before. True Blood, what kind of brought vampires into you know, like vampires were very big yeah. for a while, and then there was after people got tired of you know they got their vampire fix, and then there was The Walking Dead, and zombies became the yeah. pop culture thing. And Marvel has been working and building their MCU. And right now, superheroes are very, very big. There's always been trends in entertainment. And superheroes will, there will come a point, maybe when the Marvel MCU finally comes to completion, when they kind of bring the main story. I mean, they're, they're going to keep making origin stories. But when the, when the main story they're working on, you know, the Infinity Stones and defeating Thanos and all that, when that finally comes to fruition and comes to its conclusion... I think that in the next five years or so, maybe even three years, we're going to see superheroes kind of get relegated back. You know, vampires came and went, zombies came and went, superheroes, you know. And, and they're yeah. still going to be big business. They're always going to be big business. 
it's not that these things are going to go away because zombies didn't go away. There's right. still going Netflix. There's new zombie movies that are going straight to Netflix all the time. Yeah. There's vampire yeah. stuff all the time. These things are here. They just aren't going to be what the spotlight is on. Exactly. You know, there will be something new that's the new thing and the exactly. new flashy whatever. You know. Yeah. You know. Um, you know, we we've covered a lot of superheroes. You know, and of course, there's a lot that we haven't touched. You yeah. know. Um, so let's talk uh, Marvel versus DC um, and the things that they're doing. And what we would like to see versus what's being done and what we like about what's being done. Because um, I think the production value on the Marvel movies is is really there. They do a fantastic job making their lo- movies look and sound great. And obviously it appeals to most people. I happen to be in the, the minor percentage that actually is not a big fan Um they just all the characters have to be goofy. All the, everybody, there's so much punctuated goofy humor throughout them but they've done a really good job of getting cast members that embody the essence of the character and everything whereas then you've got you've got the live action movies and you've got the animated movies and marvel's always done a better job i think of doing live action movies Mm -hmm. but if you look at their animated movies they're kind of cheesy and they're not very good they're not very well thought out and they're they're forgettable most people haven't watched hardly any of them but then if you look at dc their live action movies are mostly shit you know, yes. the exception of man of steel and the exception of the dark knight trilogy i think um but then their animated movies straight to dvd movies excellent they have some of the best animated films that have ever been made there's so many great times especially a lot of the comic and graphic novels that they're bringing out from the batman universe and they're starting to put those one-off graphic novels those year-long 12 issue graphic novels are starting to turn those into movies like the killing joke and under the red hood and Batman Hush and all these other fantastic one-off stories that are just phenomenal. Uh, one of the ones that I've been waiting on, uh, the Jeff Loeb Tim Sale collaboration. They did three graphic novels together. They did uh, the Long Halloween, no, what was it? The Long Holiday. I can't remember which one it was, but then there's Dark Victory, and then there was a a little take on a Christmas Carol, you know, where three of Batman's villains show him what his life will be like if he doesn't get a life basically. But, uh, I would love to see at least the first two. I think it's the, the long victory or the long holiday and, um, dark victory. I would love to see those become straight to DVD feature length animated movies. Cause they are some of the most incredible writing that you've ever seen in any graphic novel. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the, some of these writing, some of these storylines in these graphic novels is just phenomenal. And, and it's, uh, some of them are just underrated, yeah. you know, cause a lot of people see these graphic novels and think, Oh, it's just another comic. It's book. just not, but just it's another, not, it's not, it's, it's not a, a whole nother level of writing. It's a whole nother level of storytelling. It's a whole nother level of depth where comic books are very much for kind of the, 10 to 18 crowd graphic novels are often writ- written for the over 18 crowd many yeah. of them have a you know mature rating because yeah. of the graphic content that's in a lot of them uh watchman by alan moore uh stands as one of the greatest not just graphic novels just novels of all time and it was a graphic novel yeah that was that was a huge graphic novel that was made into a movie and i'd never heard of it until the movie came out yeah you know and it took me a few times watching the movie for me to to 
jump on board, but once I did, I'm mean, did you watch know. the uh, the theatrical edition or the director's cut? Uh, probably both. You know, I mean, I'm not sure really, but but you know, whatever version it was, I mean, I was it was cool. Yeah, you know? different different spin on on the whole super superhero thing. Yeah, but uh, when it first came out, I didn't think it would. It, I thought it would bomb. Yeah. You know, because it was characters that nobody, at least in my world, nobody knew about. Yeah. You know, and, you know, but, but apparently with the help of the graphic novel, they did fairly well. Well, yeah. there's a whole, you know, uh, the Watchmen is on the DC Vertigo line. Yeah. Which, yeah. uh, they're also, all of Alan Moore's graphic novels uh from the thing to the league of extraordinary gentlemen be for vendetta and the watchman and, and a few others i think they're all on the dc vertigo line and there's not much else that's on the dc vertigo line other than i think maybe uh constantine yeah uh, the the comic book series mm -hmm. i think it's on dc vertigo um but they're doing some really edgy storytelling over there they're starting to bring more titles on and i'm really uh excited to see what they come up with because yes, that's the thing, you know, with the, with these, uh, superhero movies, like you mentioned, Constantine and everything, uh, a lot of people don't realize that they were graphic novels, you know, until the movie comes out, Yeah, you know, and well, and it, it has a way of making these things in the movies has a way of introducing little known things to brand new audiences that you know, now they have a chance to appreciate them. Yeah. And you know, it's kind of exciting when you learn that too. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm with you on the whole DC Marvel thing. Um, well, it's widely understood that Marvel has better characters. DC has better stories. Yes. Yes. I agree. I agree. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the, uh, the end game Avengers. Yeah. You know, uh, I hear there's a lot of talk online that, that Wolverine's going to be in this one. Oh really? You know? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I guess we'll have to wait and see, but, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Well, know. I really liked um, Infinity War a lot more than most of the other Marvel movies. Like mm -hmm. I said, I didn't care at all for the Ant-Man movies. I thought they were stupid. Um, most of them have been varying degrees of forgettable. But uh, Infinity War was actually, you know, I mean, he did it. Thanos did it. He did what he said he was going to. Yeah. How many villains actually do exactly. what they say they're going to do? Exactly. And he told everybody. It's not like he surprised everybody at the last second. He said it the entire time. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I mean, you're led to believe. Well, the heroes are going to stop him because that's what has to happen, right? Because right. it's a comp. Nope. Not no, this time. No. Not and, this and, time. You know, when these heroes started to drop, to die. I yeah. Mean, it just kind of floored a lot of people, including myself. You Big know? moment. And it makes me wonder if. But unfortunately, everything is going to get retconned in yeah. in yeah. in game, yeah. uh, obviously, because it's still a comic book movie and comic books that you just can't let anybody die because no. God forbid we let no. we let anything real happen. God forbid we let any actual story progression happen. Right? You know, like uh, like when Superman died. Right. I mean, come on, they brought big him back, big moment. Know? Yeah. Really ballsy, really edgy to yeah. do, but then you know the life and death the death and life of superman novel and yeah. then the three graphic novel run culminating uh, in the return of superman right which which one was it in the comics that uh, was it robin or or uh, uh batman that died by the joker 
Mm, oh, that was uh, Jason Todd, a second Robin. Yeah, he yeah. was beaten to death by a crowbar. Yeah, from the Joker. Yeah, that was that was that was a big thing when that came. The out. fans actually voted on that. They, they apparently from the beginning, ever since <laughs> the the introduction of Jason Todd as the new Robin, when Dick Grayson eventually grows up and becomes Nightwing and goes off on his own, they brought in the character of Jason Todd because, of course, Batman must have a Robin apparently. Yeah. Um, yeah. and everybody almost from the beginning hated Jason Todd. So wow, they, so they wanted his head busted in with a pipe. Well, yeah, people hated him so badly. So basically, finally, DC was like, okay, I'll tell you what, you know, you. You all hate him so much we'll let you vote on i think they had two different votes one was who do you want to see us kill and not bring back and it was almost unanimous jason todd wow and then how do you want him to die and i don't remember if one of the choices was beating beating beaten to death with a crowbar or if it was just like <laughs> make it as violent as possible but it's a, uh, it's kind of a harrowing cringeworthy, gut-wrenching kind of whole scene in yeah. that because they don't really pull any punches and they no. show you a man get beaten to death by a crowbar. So, right. I mean, it's... Right. Uh, the fans really piled on that one and yeah. DC delivered, so... And that's always good, you know, when, when a company listens to their fans. Right. Because, you know, the fans are what matters. Yeah. You know, if you can't please them, you know, you're going to tank. Yeah. You know, so... But... Um, which, is, which is why these movies are failing that DC's putting out because they're not taking any time to do any kind of market research and are trying to figure out what people are looking for from their movies. They don't have, they're out of touch. Uh, I think that man of steel was phenomenal, but I know most Superman fans either thought it was okay or they hated it. Um, I happen to love it because it was a dirtier, darker, grittier, more brooding, you know, and I, I like all those things. That's why I like Batman. That's why I like the <laughs> yeah, Punisher. I yeah. like those kind yeah. of character flaws and, and traits. Um, but other than that, and other than the Dark Knight trilogy, obviously, everything that DC is putting out, um, for the most part, is just crap. I suppose that Wonder Woman was a decent movie, and most people are saying that Aquaman was a decent movie. So maybe they're finally getting their act together, and maybe they're finally actually getting on board with putting out something that's good but there are three movies right there with suicide squad and batman v superman and uh and justice league that were varying degrees of crap mm -hmm. i mean i like batman v superman and i still think it's crap so yeah uh you know one one character we, we didn't touch on was iron man uh, yeah like, know, he uh, exists yeah oh you, you're not a fan well the movies are great. Robert Downey Jr. did a phenomenal job uh, encapsulating and encompassing um, Tony Stark as a character. But again, that's one of those characters, like most of the Avengers, I didn't give a shit about as a kid. I mm. care about Iron Man. Guy in a suit that flies around. What's his suit? He doesn't have a superpower? No. Fuck that. Yeah, he does. He didn't. He didn't, know? you know? And as I've gotten older, I've, I have more of an appreciation for what the suit can do. I mean, it's a pretty phenomenal piece of technology. But it's still... For me, it has to be the adventures that they go on and the villains they fight yeah. and the types of problems that they're trying to solve. And everything, even as a kid, I've always been more fantasy rather than science fiction. And mm -hmm. Tony Stark was very solidly in the science fiction type of storytelling. Yeah, yeah. Just didn't interest me as a kid. Yeah, but you know, with the Iron Man movies, I, I like the whole uh, the Jarvis thing that he had Jarvis know, becoming a uh, vision yeah over uh, the course of the well, movies yeah th that was cool but I mean I'm talking about the computer that he used oh just the character of yeah, it. yeah you know I, I like that you know um you know uh 
what what's her name that plays Pepper Potts? Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, uh, she did a she did a fair job. Of she that did do role. a fair job. Uh, I know that there's people who have complained in Hollywood for years that uh, Gwyneth Paltrow is one of those actresses or actors that's really hard to work with. Wow, because she's kind of she's kind of a diva. Yeah, you know she's very particular about things. She's got to have things just so and. If she's having a bad day, shooting has to stop because she doesn't, you know, these, and these are just things I've heard. Obviously, I don't yeah. know Gwyneth Paltrow personally, right. but, um, and you know, I've heard of that about many actors and that just blows my mind. I mean, you're acting in a scene, dude, you're not, you're not doing brain surgery, you know, you're not well, saving but, lives. But you know? then there are method actors like Daniel Day-Lewis or, um, oh fuck, who, who played, uh, who played Batman and the Christian Bale. Christian Bale, yeah. yeah, Christian Bale, or a variety of people um, who are just—they consider themselves like method actors. And I've heard that method actors are the worst to work with because they're so particular about how everything has to be done, and if you mess with their process or whatever, then yeah, they, they lose uh, their shit. You know, yeah. There was something that came out when Christian Bale was doing the Terminator movie yep. that you know, he, uh, so uh, he was yelling at a grip or something. He was yelling at the the guy with the boom mic. Yeah, he was trying to do a scene, and the guy with the boom mic accidentally got. The microphone, I guess, in his shot or whatever. There's there's audio. You, there's no video yeah, with it, but yeah. there's audio on YouTube of Christian Bale for five to ten minutes just losing his shit. Yeah, just uh, going off on the guy. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's just... I can understand being frustrated. But frustrated, not, stressed, yeah, tired, yeah. you know, not getting a lot of sleep. Because they'll film until like 11 or midnight. Oh, and yeah. then like four or five yeah. in the morning, they're up Yeah, again, and, and many know. actors will say, you know... We'll be on a, on a, on a day shoot fourteen fifteen hours a right. day, but most of the time we're standing around, right? You know, and and you know, I get it. You know, I do too. I mean, I don't, I I don't think that much less of Chris. I think it's more funny than anything because it's like it shows that he's human. Like any yeah. of us can have a meltdown at work, and that's that's really what it was. He yeah. was having a meltdown. Yeah, and you know, hell, I've had meltdowns. I've had know? meltdowns in the kitchens that I've worked in. I've absolutely flipped out and lost my shit, and I've screamed at people. And, you know, we it happens. Yeah, happens. Yep. It happens. And you know, when it comes down to it, these are just people like you and I. You know, they just happen to be... They're just way more attractive, way more famous, and have a lot more money. Yeah. But yeah, other than that, they're completely like you and I. Yeah, you know. <laughs> well, they're totally... Know, they're human, should I say. Yeah, well, know? that's true. That's and, true. And, you know, I mean, because people put actors and people in the entertainment business on, on a pedestal and... Well, think, we, all, we all need gods to worship. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, entertainers oftentimes get picked as the gods that people worship whether it's pop stars or actors or, yeah or hell even the royal family over in britain you know they get worshipped almost like uh deities over there you know? oh yeah british people are yeah. very very popular uh, very very up on their uh their royal yes trivia yes you know well uh but that's just that's just human nature we we gravitate towards people that we admire you know that's true that's true you know um i mean because there was a time that I get starstruck sometimes with uh, with you know some of the people that that I admire. You know, like recently I uh, I met Jonathan Franks from you know the next, next generation. Yeah, and uh, all I wanted to do was just say, "Hey, thanks for your work." Yeah, you know, and that's really all I did. I mean, I saw him in person. I haven't met him, but yeah, uh, I went uh, to uh, the Indianapolis Symphony Orchestra was playing a. Uh, Star Wars, Star Trek, 
kind of a tribute to Carrie Fisher, and he showed up on stage to narrate uh, one portion. Yeah, yeah, he, he's a cool guy, you know. Uh, at the same convention, I saw the guy that plays, because you know how they line people up, and, you know, you pay to get their autographs or whatever, right? <laughs> right, yeah. Well, uh, they had the guy from the X-Files, the smoking man, and there was nobody in his line. Really? Nobody. Really? That's And nice. the guy just looked so down, just his yeah. head was kind of down, and, you know, I, I kind of felt bad for the dude because every other line was slap full of right. people, but nobody, maybe they didn't know who he was. I don't know. Right. But, but he's a pretty, you know, uh, uh, dominant character in the X-Files world. You know, I've never watched the X-Files. Oh, yeah. I think I've seen one episode. You know, uh, some of those episodes are are hit and miss, but, uh, I mean, I'm a fan, you know. So I've heard heard, heard that I should check it out. Yeah. That's one of those things that... Yeah, uh, but, you know, um, any any final thoughts, man? Not really. No, I think we covered covered everything pretty finally. Um, Any... Any thoughts on movies that are coming up? Uh, just uh, looking forward to the uh, Avengers Endgame. Yeah, you know. I think uh, at some point this year, I think 2019, 2020, somewhere in there, uh, I think The Rock is supposed to play Black Adam in the wow. one of those movies. Okay. I think that's we're scraping the bottom of the barrel of my knowledge about upcoming movies. I think Cyborg's going to get his own movie at some point. Uh, there's been talks for years about uh, Blue Beetle uh, getting a movie. Yeah, and see... Uh, those are some of the characters I know zero about. I know you know? that they exist. I mean, and the only yeah. reason I know that some of them exist is because of um, there's a show. It was only on for two, maybe three seasons. Cartoon Network, I think, called uh, Young Justice. And oh, it was okay. like a, it was a semi more adult take on the Teen Titans. They kind of turned the Teen Titans on its head, and they gave it this really lush you know better animation style they got rid of all the goofy shit that most of the teen titans tv shows have you know the swirling light patterns in the background of the shot and all the over the top humor and jokes. they made it a much more serious almost like a, a soap opera kind of a drama and they did a really really phenomenal job i love that show i wish that it had been green light for several more seasons that they really could have fleshed it out but that's the only reason that i know about like a lot of those characters, those side carry Beast Boy and Starfire and uh, Raven and a lot of those other, not minor characters, but they're certainly not at the forefront of like DC. They're, you know, they're the teen sidekicks, you know? Right, right. And, uh, but yeah, that was a really phenomenal show. Um, I think there's a good bet. I mean, the Captain Marvel movie's coming out. Oh, we saw that at the end of yeah. Avengers Endgame. Yeah. I can't remember who's playing Captain Marvel and who they got, but uh, that's coming out. There's a good there's a good bet that if they if there's a character that's halfway recognizable that in sometime in the next few years they're probably going to make uh, a movie about that character. So, you know, yeah. I, last time I checked a couple of years ago, I think my buddy James told me that uh, from 2016 to 2024 they had something like 16 yeah, Marvel had something like sixteen new movies in the works over the course of the next eight to ten years that they were going to try and put out. So, obviously, there's a lot of stuff coming down the pipe. There's going to be a probably a Thor three, and there's going to be an Iron Man four, and they'll keep they'll keep making those movies as long as people keep wanting to go see them, and as long as the actors keep wanting to play the characters. So yeah, yeah. Stay tuned true. for trailer. I know uh, Moon Knight uh, is a movie either this year or next year. Moon Knight's supposed to get his own movie. 
uh, Cloak and Dagger. I think it's on Netflix. They got a show wow, that's coming yeah, out. Yeah, I've heard of Cloak and Dagger. That's the oh. white woman and the black yeah. man. And they, they play two halves to the same kind of little superhero. You know, so they've got that coming out. There's also, what is it? The Marvels, The Runaways, or The Inhumans, yeah. or whatever yeah. it is. There's a show about the, the Inhumans, yeah. Uh, the, the teen kids yeah. who are all mutants and they're on the run yeah yeah uh, that, i can't remember that show i but, think that's uh, a netflix original the inhumans that was a series uh yeah uh, like abc or something like that right. i mean i watched it it was it was okay you know well, wasn't nothing ground i don't know if know. uh the daredevil on netflix is still going on i think they may have switched yeah. to the punisher uh jessica jones is probably getting greenlit for another yeah. season uh, uh luke cage has been canceled because yeah. apparently the main actor, I can't remember what his name is, but apparently he said something that some people, <laughs> some people didn't appreciate and he yeah. had to do an apology and they, they scrapped the show. So. It's that day and age, man. Yep, that's... Say something or do something, it's going to piss people off. Your career's over. Yeah, we used to call yeah. that having an opinion in this yeah. country. And now it's... Yeah. You know, Ain't that the truth? We could do a whole episode on that. Yeah, no doubt. But yeah, uh, I, guess, uh, I guess we'll wrap this one up. But uh, I want to end with a quote by Stan Lee. It says... Uh, if we don't blow ourselves up, the future will look wonderful. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah. I, I would say um, we live in a world full of things that can't be explained. And uh, the opportunity to see marvels is all around us. Yes. So keep your eyes open and uh, keep an open mind. Yeah. Peace. Peace.